He's actually volunteering with us on a Monday and a Tuesday night, sometimes a Saturday morning. So he understands where he started and he's trying to put a little bit back in, knowing, yeah, I think he's going to be the next one that's going to break into the first team here at St Johnson. I'm Mark Riddell from M3 Networks. We are an IT support and cybersecurity specialist because we know that running a business is hard enough as it is, right, without IT causing more headaches and frustration, which is why we aim to make IT an enjoyable experience for our customers. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, check us out at m3networks.co.uk. Welcome to this episode of TechSess. Today, we're going to be speaking with our charity partner for quarter four, which is the Saints in the Community Trust. I'm going to be joined by Danny Griffin and Francis Smith from the charity, who are going to be telling us a bit about their background and everything that the charity does, who they help. And I'm also going to be asking them the brand new TechSess 10 questions. And yes, we will be finding out if they do indeed like pineapple on pizza. Now, if you don't know what our charity partnership is about or how it works or why we do it, then I'm about to tell you. So how this works is here at M3, we obviously provide IT support for businesses. And whenever we close a ticket on our help desk, the user receives a closed ticket email. And in that email, there's a smiley face kind of traffic light system where they can click to leave us either a happy face, a neutral face or a sad face based on how we've done for that particular issue. Now, delighted to say that over 99% of our feedback is positive. Those smiley faces are amazing for us to see. It lets us know that we're doing a great job. But for the charity partners, what those smiley faces mean is pounds. Every single time we receive feedback on our help desk, we will convert that feedback into pounds and we'll donate that to the nominated charity at the end of that quarter. If you're listening to this and you're an M3 customer, When you see those closed ticket emails, please give us as much feedback as you can so we can do our best to help this charity. Today we're joined by Danny Griffin and Francis Smith from Saints in the Community Trust. And they're both going to tell us a little bit about themselves and their backgrounds and some more about what the charity does. So maybe we'll start with yourself, Danny. Give us a little intro to yourself, your background and how you came to kind of be involved here. name's Danny Griffin, as Mark said. I came across to Scotland at the age of 15 to try to fulfill my dream of being a professional footballer. And I was lucky enough to be able to do that when I signed at St. Johnson at 15, made my debut at 17. Went on to play for a few other Scottish Premier League clubs. I played down south. Also finished my career playing for our growth when they were the, won the league title in League 3 for the first trophy they'd won in 96 years. And luckily enough, throughout the time of being part-time player, there was a bit of work happening within the community department when I was part of the football club. And then when I got the part-time work, it just gradually built and built and built. And when it became a charitable trust, I was then given full-time role in the community trust as the community and football development officer. And yourself, Francis? Yeah, I love this question, actually. It's always a good one. Tell me about you. I normally get a timeline up if I'm in a presentation. So I'm Fran Smith, background 41 year old now, actually, just there we go. I'll start with that one. First part of my life was uh, all about uh, spending time with my mum and my family. She was my best friend, probably. So that's a little bit about me that nobody knows. And then school life, educated in Dunfermline. That's where I live. I support Dunfermline Athletics. So please don't kill me. That the city of Dunfermline now, isn't it? Now that you've had to visit from the King. Yeah. That is the city of Dunfermline. I was there on Monday to visit the King and seen him. So there we go. Brought up in Dunfermline. My background was in athletics, not in football. I was 19 times Scottish national champion. 
over sprint hurdles and 400 meter hurdles. I then went on to the world of work, worked with the Ministry of Defence for many years, and then previously to come in here to Saints in the Community. I had two really good rewarding jobs. I was an operations manager with a second-hand boot company that did a lot of social good. And then I went on to work in Scottish Athletics as a national club manager before coming up here to head up Saints in the Community. Maybe give us a background on Saints in the Community, how long it's been around, how it was started, and maybe who else is involved in it in, in your team right now. I can start with it, Fran, knowing that when it was the community department of the football club, Mark, it was always Athel Henderson's dream to make it into a charitable trust. Athel Henderson, with the help of Dave Black, was the ones that was trying really hard for the push to make it a charitable trust. I think it's coming up seven years now. The charity has been going. It was the foundations, as I said, was through Athel and Davey that we were getting all the projects that we were running, which we'll speak about later, that they had this big vision since Fran has come in 10 months now to take over as the new CEO. We're still building on top of everything that what was started right at the beginning. We started with four people in the office, and that was Athel, Dave Black, Karen, and myself. And we've built on a little bit more and getting bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on. Our vision now, Mark, is um, to build stronger communities through sport, education, well-being, to develop healthier, happier and successful people in Perth and Kinross. And I think that's important that, you know, we've redefined it slightly on what we want to do. And as Danny says, when I took over 10 months ago, I took over a team which was really good guys, really good projects going around. And we've increased the staff by three over that time so you know we've got Danny obviously heads up our football department with Josh Henderson and Ross Cameron in there and then we've got Rebecca Penman who's our business development manager and her team is Karen who's still here she's the longest serving member of staff now and then we've got Ewan in our projects department with Nathan White so Ewan McLeod in there with Ewan and we're about to increase that again with two new graduate posts coming in hopefully so we'll see that growth, you know, and staff team allow us to build our capacity. And we have a whole load of sessional coaches and volunteers and without them, the organisation wouldn't exist. And again, it's it's testament that the growth is also down to corporate sponsors, you know, because as a charitable trust, we wouldn't be able to operate without corporate sponsors. M3 Networks being one of them and, you know, some of our other corporate sponsors that have helped us on the way. Yeah, it's important. We work with a number of charities at M3 and quite a few years now we've had the relationship with Saints in the community, obviously starting, as you mentioned, Athol Henderson kind of from a few years back and now into the new era since Athol's retired and, and handed over the reins here to the that role to yourself, Francis. So yeah, I mean, tell us then more about the kind of projects and the things that you do. I mean, I'm aware of quite a few of the things you do. It's not all just you know, football and the kids coaching. There's lots of other things you guys do. So give us an idea of all the different kind of projects that you run. We're in a unique area at the moment, Mark. I'm going to talk a little bit through some some projects quickly. And they're under three kind of headings now. A lot of people would have known that we would have had more headings, but under kind of sports programmes, which is which Danny can talk a lot more about, but we do everything from preschool activity, 18 months right up to, you know, walking football guys who are in their 70s and 80s. We do street sports, holiday programmes. We do circuits. We do girls' recreational football is massive for us at the moment. We do one-to-one sessions with Danny and Josh, our UFRB qualified coaches, you know, so that's really good. 
who else would want to go for a one-to-one session in our organisation with none other than ex-St. Johnston captain and Northern Irish internationalist? You know, that's a pull into Saintston community and it's fantastic that we've got that. Around some of our other stuff that we do, our education, we do school education programmes. We're in and out of schools delivering football, but we also do show races and red card in the schools. We do club support. We develop life skills. We upskill people. We do employment programmes. On our well-being side of things, coming into the October holidays, it's really important for us that holiday hunger is right at the top of our agenda. We do holiday hunger camps. We do an ADHD through sport project at the moment. We do, we've just joined Team United, which is um, football for kids with on the autistic spectrum. And we've got our learning disability football. We have our mental health and well-being support that we do through our football club. We do our health walks and our football fans and training. And then right through to our reminiscence activities around um, memory loss and things like that. So it's a massive wide range of projects that a lot of people probably don't understand that we do at Saints in the Community. Some of these we link with the football club, but mainly these are projects that we do as a charity. That's just named a few, Mark. Knowing that you'd, you'd touch base with, knowing that, yeah, it's just not football that we do. France covered near enough most of them, but yeah, we do do the kids' football. We know that one of my colleagues actually said that it's a great quote that we actually do from cradle to the grave. That we're starting, we've got kids coming in at 18 months that we do a first touches program on a Thursday and a Friday morning. But it's 18 months to three years, we get the parents involved, we get them engaging. It's not based around just football, it's about their motor skills of running, hopping, skipping, jumping, throwing, balance. And then if they progress from there, they go into the nursery sessions where, yeah, we're building on it. Then we're bringing them into more football side of things. And then from there, they go into the P1s all the way up to threes, fours, fives, six, sevens. We also help, as Fran said, yeah, some of the things we work with the club, with the football side of things, with Josh and myself being as qualified as we are, we do have a, a good eye of spotting the good youngsters, which the club get the benefit from. At the minute for the name one, young Scott Wright, He's just turned 16 this year. He's come on full-time with the football club. He started with us in the community setup when he was about six or seven. And now, turning 16, full-time with the club. He's actually volunteering with us on a Monday and a Tuesday night, sometimes a Saturday morning. So he understands where he started and he's trying to put a little bit back in, knowing, yeah, I think he's going to be the next one that's going to break into the first team here at St. Johnson. So, yeah, we do a lot through football-wise, but as Fran has mentioned, Personally, for me, the best one that we do is the football memories. The reminiscent one, the dual APs with dementia. We have done for a lot of years now. We have seen people come and go because of the age they're at, the illnesses that they've got. But the impact that that makes is incredible. Give you an example. After every project that we do, we try to hand out a feedback sheet of what, how we've done it, what could have went better, if we could change anything. And we were up for an award with the NHS through at Nine Wales possibly about five, six years ago, seven years ago. And this person in question actually sent her feedback sheet to the NHS for the reward that day. We didn't win the, the award that day, but her comments were that she drops a stranger off, but she gets her husband back straight after the session. And that's what makes it such a good project that we deliver within the Community Trust. Amazing feedback. Huge, huge. The Texas 10. I had old set of questions and I've got new questions now. So you guys are going to be the first ones to hear the new Texas 10 questions. So I'm going to ask them and then you can both answer them separately. So I think when I ask them, Danny, you answer first and then Francis, then you can answer yours. Okay, so 
The first question, and this is quite an important one, how you answer this, whether we stay friends after this or not, is does pineapple belong on a pizza, Francis? Definitely not. Ah, oh, brilliant. Definitely not. Excellent. Excellent. We can definitely go out for pizza. That's that's the best answer. Good show. <laughs> Next one is, have you ever asked someone for their autograph and who was it? Well, that's a tough one, Mark. That's bringing me back to my football days. Danny, probably pe- I bet people have asked you for your autograph, though. Yeah, they've asked me for mine because of my football background. Yeah, but have you ever asked anyone? Possibly not their autographs, more their football strips. Whose football strips do you have, then? That's a good question. I've got Neil Lennon's. Vanagura Hesselinks, I've got Paul Gascoigne's, Craig Burley's, Del Piero's, Pavel Nedved's, Stefan Kuhn's, and that's just to name a few. Wow. Have you got them all up displayed in the house somewhere? I have got Stefan Kuntz's in a frame with my international strip. I've got Del Piero's frame of my international strip. And I've just put Pavel Nedved's into the place to get framed for to get it done. Awesome. And what were you, Francis? Have you asked for Danny's autograph yet? <laughs> Jeff Capes. I was at Highland Games and Jeff Capes was there. And it was just after he'd been on the TV and asked me for his autograph. And he was a grumpy man and didn't give it to anybody. So did you not get it then? Didn't get Jeff Capes' autograph in the end. Wow. That is really grumpy. I got an autograph from, remember Gary Moore? You know, he was the guitarist, Parisian walkways, still got the blues. He was one of the guitarists in Thin Lizzy. And I was at a gig in the Barrowlands in Glasgow and his tour bus was outside and he came off the bus and asked for his autograph and he was really, really grumpy. He gave us his autograph, but he was really, really grumpy and crabbit. <laughs> so you never meet your heroes, right? What's the scariest animal? For me, it's a spider. Are you not the spider catcher in your house, Danny? No, it's a size eight catches them. <laughs> to be fair, I'm getting better. But yeah, spiders. Okay. Francis? Oh, definitely. Spiders are up there, but I think... Do you class them as an animal? I don't know, but wasps scare the living daylights out of me. The guy when you're sitting outside and yeah. having a picnic and you're jumping and running around the place, yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I could come face to face with a tiger and not be scared, but a wasp, I would run that mile. It's funny how it's always the small, creepy crawlies that are the, the ones that get people away. Apples or oranges? Apples. Apples. I'd have thought being in a sport, you'd have said oranges there, Danny. But... Nah, you have to peel them, Mark. <laughs> Too much work. What's your favourite movie? Yes, Ventura, Pet Detective. Alrighty then. James Bond. Any James Bond. Who's your favourite James Bond? Oh, it has to be Connery, doesn't it? Of course. Gotta be. I was actually watching my favourite movie last night. Terminator 2. Favourite movie. Can watch that so many times. <laughs> so, if you're getting on a plane, do you prefer the window or the aisle seat? The aisle. I'm the aisle as well. It's easier to get out. Yeah, you don't disrupt anybody. Yep. Fair enough. Yep. I can't sit for too long. I need to get up and move. Thing is, you get disrupted by other people, though. Yeah. At the aisle seat. I don't mind that, though. It's me not disrupting them. Yeah. What's your favourite smell? That's a hard one. Danny's going to say deep heat or something like that. <laughs> Lavender. Lavender. This is going to be weird, and this is the weirdest sound, <laughs> the smell that you're probably going to think about, right? So see when it's a hot day, and then it rains, and the smell you get right after it rains mm-hmm. on a hot day, yep. that is just an amazing smell. I know what you mean. Can't describe it, but yeah, it's just a, 
think yeah. everyone knows what you mean when you describe that. Yeah, I know what you mean. So if you only got to listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Probably the Proclaimers, 500 Miles. The rest of your life, though. Yeah, you've got a tough choice, but 500 Miles. It's a big football song. Francis? See, I'd probably go Scottish as well. But on this occasion, I think I'm going to go with... Alabama. Okay. Excellent. What is the most used app on your phone? WhatsApp. <sighs> probably WhatsApp as well because at least this lot always texting it. But yeah, I, I, probably the camera actually. Probably pictures. I like taking a lot of pictures. That's probably the least on mine. <laughs> and this is quite a tough one, actually. This next question. This is the last one. Is Describe the rest of your life in five words. Have to count that one, Mark, first. <laughs> the best you can possibly be. Good one. I had to count that there. Move through it. <laughs> I was six, wasn't it, Danny? Oh, it is six. Or just best you can possibly be. There you go. <laughs> just take that off the start. If I'm just not putting a saying together, probably crazy, loved, laughing, caring. And adventurous. The Texas 10. But first up, I just want to tell you a little bit about the IT services buyer's guide that we have. This is a free document on our website. You don't have to enter any information to get access to it. You just need to head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash buyer's guide and you'll be able to click the link and get the download. And this is going to give you loads of information to help you understand the questions that you need to ask any potential IT partner in your business, or indeed just go back and ask these questions to your existing IT company. And then you can help find out whether you're being served correctly and whether there's any gaps in the IT support services that you are being offered. Now, let's get back to the episode. What else is going on right now i think francis you've mentioned it's the food appeal kind of food stuff that you're working on i know that's something you've spoken to my colleague james about holiday hunger is important to us saints community you know that there's a frightening stat out there right that one in one in four children live in poverty right now in perth in kinross one in four children live in poverty that's really hard hitting you are three times more likely to live in deprivation if you live within 10 miles of an spfl stadium so that's three times more likely to live in deprivation if you live within 10 miles of an SPFL stadium. We're not saying that the SPFL stadium is causing the deprivation and, the, and stuff, but it's just a good start to highlight things. So we know that in Perth and Kinross, there is some really affluent areas and there is other areas where people are struggling and, and financially it could be income poverty or anything. So essentially community poverty and holiday hunger and health are really, really important to us in our next strategy. The Holiday Hunger Programme we run two, we do Activate, which is referrals from schools for kids who normally would um, be on free lunches, that sort of stuff, need support. And then we also go out into the community and give people hot meals. And we're doing that on Wednesday 19th and the Friday the 21st, I think, if I'm right, October. So we've got drivers who will go out into the community. We'll deliver out goodie bags to houses who have applied for this. So they'll get a, it's called Eat Like a Pro. So they'll get food that the professionals would eat and we'll be delivering that out in our 
lovely branded Saints in the community van. I don't know if you've seen that on the road, so that'll be out there. Haven't seen it yet, no. No, it's it's a lovely van. It is out there. It was, um, if I can mention another sponsor, it was kindly donated by LCM Vans for us. So Laura, LCM Vans has um, given us the van to to be able to reach further in the community. So doing that holiday hunger stuff is really important because, you know, some families now with the cost of living crisis going up, it's difficult for them to even put a hot meal on, on the table. And hence why our October football camps that we've got running as well at the same time as this, we had decided to retain the price at the price it was in the summer, but increase the number of hours we were delivering. So we went from three hours or one and a half hour camps to full day camps for a full week for £6.70. From nine till four, these kids are in with us and we managed to work a deal that we managed to retain that price at what we would charge for a normal camp just because of the cost of living to make sure that kids are still getting physical exercise. Wow, that's really good value. I mean, Danny mentioned this before you kind of we started the recording, kind of off air, and talked about increasing the camps. And sure, it gives gives the parents a little bit of a break as well over the holidays. I'm sure have the kids away playing football for that amount of time. So, and I think Danny, you said that you've got how many kids signed up so far? It's up to sixty four, near enough every day. So the num- the numbers is great. As Fran mentioned, yet we are bringing them in early. There is a breakfast club as well where the kids can come in and get their breakfast. And then they're going to be out in the football pitch for an hour and a half. And then we've got games and quizzes and everything that is going to be inside for an hour and a half, their lunch. And then they're going to be back out in the, the AstroTurf again for three hours football. So hopefully it's a great week that the kids will enjoy. We know it's going to be a long week for ourselves. And then Fran mentioned about other things on top of it because we've still got other projects that's running in the evenings of that week. So yeah, it's going to be a busy week, but we're hoping that the kids do enjoy it for what we're putting on for them. I'd have certainly loved that when I was younger. I don't know if, it, I mean, Danny, you might remember this. In fact, both of you might remember this, but back when I was younger, I remember doing the Nike soccer school. I don't know if you remember that. We used to do it at Bell Sports Centre in Perth, and it was usually over, I'm sure it was over a couple of days, and we'd, they'd have like footballers come along and do these kind of things but you guys have taken that to a new level you know in terms of doing like a whole week of doing that kind of stuff so yeah i tell you what falling over in inside bell sports center is a lot more painful than playing on a nice modern artificial training pitches that you guys have access to it, it helps mark knowing yeah but we're just praying that the weather is kind to us but yet again we have the space inside which we can take the kids if it does get a wee bit worse for wear but we're also hoping within that week that we're going to get visits from the first team players you can do a Q&A with the first team players so it gives the kids an insight of what it's possibly going to be like as a footballer like that they're in here for the full week every single day yeah and as obviously as our charity partner for quarter four for you know our customer satisfaction which you know enough people have probably listened to episodes that we've done in the past with charity partners talking about that the one thing I always try and get across is the difference that funding makes to a charity like how important it is and what this money does because for our customers yeah you know they they get their you know close a ticket in the help desk they get their closed email you guys have seen them because you know we obviously support you guys with this and you know what we're talking about but they get the smiley face it's just literally a click to give us that feedback and that click is a pound right so if every time people give us feedback so i always try and encourage and the guys in our help desk are always reminding customers that you know can you please leave feedback for this because it's not only important for us but you know you're helping to raise money for 
you know, our charity partner this year. So maybe give us an idea into kind of what the funding kind of goes towards and the kind of things that, you know, this kind of money kind of helps with. Yeah, so so any funding that we get in uh, on our either grant funding or from corporate sponsors or through charity appeals like that we've just raised money, that all goes into our unrestricted funding that we're able to do some of these non-footballing projects. So the ones where we are feeding the kids, the ones where we are having dementia programs and things like that. I've got an interesting stat at the moment and it's still being worked on, but for every pound spent in our football, we can put £8.36 back into the community. So for every pound spent in the football, we put 836 back into the community. And that's because of the grant funding, the charitable funding, that we're able to do that. And then we're able to change people's lives through sport. And that's what's important to us, changing people's lives through sport. So any funding that we get in, we'll go out to those projects. It might go out to some of our new projects that we've got just about to start, hopefully. Or it'll go out to our holiday hunger programs, our dementia, our health walks, our mental well-being, because that's really important because mental health in Perth and Kinross has increased by, you know, about 30% over the last year. So being able to put more things on for these guys with this sort of money really helps us as an organisation. And it also allows these people that are putting this in to say they've been part of that change and that drive of change in the community of using the power of sport to change lives. And that's what's really important. You know, we can go to see a doctor, we can go and do different things, but this sport has the power to change someone's life for the good. And the final thing I'm going to ask you is if there's any other businesses out there listening to this that they want to kind of get involved or want to maybe donate money or get involved in sponsorship in some way, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you guys? Yes, yeah, so the best way for them to get in touch is just to email us or pop in to see us at Athol Crescent or grab Danny or anybody. Best email to put it to is our admin at saintsinthecommunity.co.uk and we'll get in touch with them. We'll, we'll meet up. We'll tell them what the CSR value, the, the charitable and the corporate social responsibility that they could get from sponsoring us and tick their boxes and everything. So, yeah, just get in touch. Every little pound helps us drive a difference in the Perth and Kinross communities. Thanks very much both for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, and also for your answers in the Texas 10. That was quite interesting. <laughs> Every time it rains in a summer's day, Francis, I'm going to think of you now. <laughs> that smell. <laughs> yeah, it's probably got a trigger to sport as well because I, I was racing in Germany and it had just done that. And I was very, very nervous before I ran. And it, it was really hot. It rained. And then that smell and it, that smell that I'd smelt at home kind of calms you down before you go and race in an international or anything. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's that smell that does it. So. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk.